the hero's path. Uh, it's uh, that yeah. that Breath of the Wild podcast that we do. Yes. Zach, you're Hi. playing Breath of the Wild, right? Ryan, I am playing Breath of the Wild a little bit each week, uh, which seems to be working. They out know the premise pretty okay. Well, I I know they know the premise, but I was reiterating that uh, I promise I'm not playing ahead or anything. I'm, I'm just a oh, little okay. bit each week, and it's just enough to keep me going. At first, I definitely so, wanted to keep playing, but now I'm like, okay, I'm just going to play just a oh, little Oh, you've bit. settled into a groove. Yeah. I thought the first week I was like, wait, you mean I have to stop playing the game? What is this nonsense? Ah. Now I'm like, okay, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. I got a good drip feed going. Uh, you said last time after you did some business in Hatino Village that you were going to go back to Kakariko Village. That's true. So that's what I ended up doing. Uh, okay. And then I ended up making a. I I did not play as long this week, but I played a whole bunch of Kakariko so much that we can probably just talk about Kakariko this whole episode. That sounds good to me. Um, the game sends you back to Kakariko after you talk to Pura because Pura tells you to go back there now that you fix the Sheikah slate. Right, we're still basically on the quote unquote linear quote-unquote critical path part mm. we're following the instructions of the game exactly so i warped back there uh talked to impa again uh you turn in that quest and then she gives you the quest for uh the 12 memories so on the tablet there's the 12 pictures that were already on there and she's like hmm, okay clearly uh zelda had this before she took these photos 100 years ago if you go to these places and find where these are at, you'll probably get your memories back. Uh, and uh, can we talk about this for a little bit? Yes. I think, first of all, it's kind of cool that it's a quest of, like, in a game that's all about recognizing, understanding landscapes, mm -hmm. this quest is based on these pictures, figure out where they were taken within this huge world. That's a really good premise yeah uh i want to point out she tells you to come back after the first one but i haven't gotten any yet so i haven't seen the second part of this uh mm. and then we'll talk about what happens when you get them all way later but yeah um right away there's a few that have some real obvious landmarks on them but they might not be landmarks that you've seen i think there's one that has sure. the dueling peaks in it so i feel like yeah, that's, that's a good one that's the one i maybe got first there's one that's clearly from way up in the mountains, mm -hmm. and I remember hunting that one down was really fun and exciting to keep on going up and down these mountains trying to get the things to line up correctly. Um, There's one in that's... this game that's all about understanding and you know manipulating space in your mind. This is like perfect for that sort of thing. It totally, totally, and. Uh, and the worst one is the one that's the, uh, it's just a forest. Oh, yeah. It's a totally nondescript forest, and that one took a little bit. Uh, there is, well, we'll get, no, I'm gonna talk about it now, uh, because this feeds into this. So, is there any more to say about the memories? Because I, I, I've got a... Uh, we'll come back to the memories in a minute. We'll come back to the memories in a minute. There's there's a side okay. quest. There's a side quest that feeds into the memories thing 
in a very productive and good way. But I got to talk about. Tell me about. Oh, we're going to talk about something else first. Let's talk. I'm going to go through the order I did all the side quests in. So the first time through. Ah, because you did all the side quests. So I have done Kakariko all of the Kakariko side quests. It's there's there's quite a few of them, and they're mostly good. Zach was telling me that he did for this episode. He did all the side quests in Kakariko Village, and I said, "Okay, but like not all of them, right?" And he said, "No, all of them." Yeah, it's true. Um, and they're quite good. The, uh, yeah, I think, yes. I don't know that they're all amazing, but they're all good. Well, they fit together in a really good way. Kinda. There's a few. Uh, well, let's let's go through them and we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll we'll yes. we'll, we'll feel it out. Um, the one quest I was able to do the first trip through was the one for the lady that has the general store. Uh, her name is Rola, according to my notes. And uh-huh. she has a quest where you light some torches next to the goddess statue, and they don't give you. They, she just says light them. However, uh, but I use the. I lit. My, you, you can pull an arrow out in the game, and then put the arrow into a torch, and it catches yes. that arrow on fire. And then I use that to light the torches, and she liked that a lot. Sure. Yes. Um. Now, tell us about the book. What's the book called? So the second time through Kakariko, uh, I notice a book in Impa's house that I don't remember. I don't have the name for it, but it's like. It's called The Journal of Various Worries. There you go. That's a good name. But it's a bunch of like rumors and gossip about Kakariko that all end up being breadcrumbs into the various quests. And so having even though i had already done it the the contents of the book do not change so i'm reading the book and rolla the lady that runs the shop has some gossip text about how she wished she would i don't have the words for that new guy in town looks like he really knows how to tune a bow i hope he comes by and knocks an arrow for me it's been way too long so just dripping with uh subtext there uh, I think that that is it's 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 a kind thing? of noteworthy, Zach. The thing is, is, is she sex in a Zelda game? Yeah, uh, she is a separated spouse of another NPC who has a quest in town. Yeah, this never I never picked up on this when I was playing, but she and the uh, Cuckoo guy are married but separated right yeah and so it's got this like lonely housewife thing going on it's 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 a lot Mm -hmm. but it's a lot but in moderation (laughs) (laughs) because that's that's the end of that quest it's very simple very quick quest um and none of the rest of the quest triggered for me well the first time i was in town but once i got back in town the second time uh all the other quests became available for me so i was like oh this is great the first one i did on my return trip uh was find the fairy fountain which is actually a main quest which i didn't realize till i was looking it up afterwards because it's kind of well let's talk about what the quest is and i'll say its role uh there's a sheikah painter guy in town named pakongo um he's cool because he's a sheikah but he's not from kakariko village yeah is there any other Sheikah in this game with that? 
quality. I don't remember any other Sheikah NPCs showing up elsewhere. Uh, I will keep my eyes open, but I'm pretty sure all the rest of the generic townsfolk elsewhere are not Sheikah. Uh, so he's from somewhere else, and he's there to paint a picture, and he wants you to he he wants to paint a picture of a fairy fountain that he heard about. And so he asks you to, well, he asks you to come with him to try and find the fairy fountain first. And yes. I already been there because I'm a super player. <laughs> but I walked with him up the hill towards the forest and we got to the top of the hill and he gets super winded. And he's like, tell you what, you go on ahead, take a picture of it for me and that'll be good enough. And then so you use your camera, which you just, you know, you didn't have the first time you were in town and you snap a good picture of that and you show it to him. And he's like, oh man, that's great. That's perfect. I'm going to paint a good painting of that. But he also offers to look at those photos you have, the memory photos. Yes. And give you like information as to what that location is. And this is where I was getting at with the stuff before for the memory quest. Pakongo mm -hmm. is the game's function to help you find the harder to find ones. I see. And he shows up other places. Right. And you he's always looking for new landscapes to paint. And he will tip you off to places that are nearby. I think he mostly hangs out. If I'm remembering correctly, you can find him in ran not random, but like certain stables. And yeah. he will then tip you off to a nearby place that has that's one of the pictures in your in your witch call, in your, one of your memory photos. Uh, so I'll try and see if I can catch him different places as I play through the game. So uh, this quest is also good because it's part of the great tradition of uh, please take a picture of this quest in Zelda games, uh, starting with Majora's Mask, right? Where you had the pictograph box and people just wanted different pictures of things. Um, Again, I, I, I mean, I can't think of... I know there are other games that have you take pictures of things. Well, Wind Waker, Def are... Wind Waker. Oh, I mean, outside of Zelda games. Oh, sure. I mean, there's entire photography games. Sure. There's, I mean... Um, do, you, do you want me to name some games? Uh, can you name any that aren't primarily photography games, but that do have this photography mechanic? Uh, I, I can shout out Eastshade here because that's my favorite game I played this year. Eastshade is the uh, animal people with paintings. Yeah, it's a PC game. It's kind of it's very much a uh like Elder Scrolls style open world thing at a smaller scale, but instead of any kind of combat, the mechanic is that you can pull out an easel if you have the materials, and then with like a really intuitive tool frame like a square as you're looking at the landscape and then it'll create a canvas painting of that part of the landscape you're looking at. And then you take those and give them to people or sell them or do whatever with them. And how much is that a primary mechanic in that game? Uh, It's a major mechanic, but there's a lot of exploration involved in that game. I see. It's not stage-based. There's a big island you're running around on. I like games with big islands that you run around on. I, islands pretty good as far as places yeah. to run around on. Yeah. 
Hyrule in anyway, this game. Hyrule in this game is not an island. No. It's a weird chunk of landscape that when we get to one of the edges of the map, we should probably talk about. Yes. But we're not on the edges of the map. We're nestled no. away in a hidden little valley right now. Uh, yes. Yeah. So uh, we got the picture of the fairy fountain for Picongo. That's a good side quest. Uh, the other side, no, the next side quest was uh, Kato, who was Rola's separated husband. Uh, mm-hmm. He's the Kuko guy in this game. He's got a very uh, traditional quest that all his Kukos got away, and you got to run around the town and find them and toss them back into the pen. Mm-hmm. Very good. It's a very much a throwback to the exact same quest in Ocarina of Time. Uh, you know, and the first quest that we did here was light a bunch of torches. Yep. So these are all classic Zelda problems. I'm surprised there's not somebody that wants you to push around a statue in this town. But <laughs> maybe we'll find that in Lurlin. I don't remember. God, oh. oh, and then I can shout it out here because in Kato's house, he has this amazing elaborate cuckoo breeding chart. Oh, that's good. Like Kato is the star of some other side game in zelda where he's sitting there and trying to breed a golden cuckoo or something yes and i want now the thing is that um kato like you see him as this cuckoo obsessed guy but he's also one of the guards of impa's temple house um you know he has multiple functions he's a at least a two-dimensional character with this job and this relationship problem and this obsession that leads to his relationship problem it's the the npcs in kakariko are one of the few examples in the game that i can remember having not played it in a long time of characters that have schedules that are relevant to doing stuff with them yes uh which is something that zelda has explored before obviously but in a game that the time naturally passes it's a little bit weirder and not every npc cares in this manner so it's it's interesting there's also just not a lot of towns in the same way as this i guess yeah well we'll get into that more as we talk about the other quests who else do we have we got uh coco's cuisine set of quests it's four quests where there's a little girl named coco who's trying to make dinner for her dad and sister uh but each meal she's trying to cook is missing an ingredient um the first two she just needs things that are for sale at the store right next door to the kitchen it's like this like cool outdoor patio kitchen thing oh yeah um the third time she needs raw meat which is not sold there so you had to have uh killed a beastie at some point and then the fourth needs cursor coarser how do you say cursor b i think it's coarser because they're going fast right Gotcha. So coarser bee honey, uh, which is another thing you can find out in the wild. Um, but it's it's, it's tougher to get. Definitely. Uh, because the bees bug you if you try to get their honeycombs. Yeah. Um, the, the, the game so has, it's... like, there are wild fauna and wild bees that you can just well, find. Well, we should talk there. about your experience. How hard was it? Did you already have the honey when you came here? So the first time I played the game, I had neither raw meat or corsherby honey. So I had to go out okay. and seek those items, and it is uh, 
a little challenging if you're not used to it. This time around, I'm playing a lot more deliberately, and by the time I got here, I had those items. Does that mean you were, you knew ahead of time that you would need honey, so you were going looking for it? It was a matter of I had found a cursor bee nest at some point, and it was like, oh, I want that. All right, all right. And I forget how I dealt with the bees at that point, but you, you know, you, you knock the thing down, bees. Oh, I think that was the one where I sicked it on some enemies. Oh, cool. Because there are definitely some like Bokoblin camps where there's on the they're right next to some bees. Yeah. And the game is like, you know what? You could make these bees attack these Bokoblins. And it's very fun. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, but that's a. Yeah. It's a set of four quests. You do all those, and the payoff at the end is she talks about uh, how she's trying to take care of her dad and her sister because their mom had passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, which feeds into some other quests that we'll talk about because a lot of these, a lot of this family has quests for you to do. Yes. Uh, I also followed her around one morning, and she goes to mourn at her mom's grave. Uh, Kakariko in this game has this really weird little graveyard area that's not like a traditional Zelda graveyard. It's not very... I want to call it... I want to call it a Western-style graveyard, because it's got Western-style graves. But they're all huddled up together but in a, in a traditional zelda one but oh, this one oh yeah this one's not that. in traditional zelda games they're emulating you know they're trying to be like link is robin hood or whatever yeah and so you have the graveyard that you'd accept expect to see in england and then here tucked away in this secret valley in the middle of hyrule is kakariko village which is japan for some reason and so you get this I guess, Eastern style of cemetery. I don't even know that it's that specifically. I can't speak to that, but it's definitely this very cool, abstract-looking kind of thing. Yes. Uh, as far as I know, there's no quests attached to that at all. You're not looting it. You're not doing any traditional pushing of tombstones to find dungeons underneath or anything like that. Hmm. Unfortunately not. Not that I can tell. I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, we'll find out. Coco has a sister named Kotla. Uh, all these names are fruit names in weird oblique ways. Is the is very the, oblique ways? Is is the the play on words here? Uh, what is the play on words with Kotla? Oh, I don't remember specifically. Let me get it real quick. Because it's because the father is Dorian, which sounds like Durian. Like Durian. Uh, Katla is apricot. Oh, okay. It, it in French it's pricata, which makes a little more sense. And then kato easier to follow. Kato we talked about earlier is avocado. Mm-hmm. And and the other cocoa is coconut. Yeah, probably. This is I think this is a really interesting. Uh, you and I talk a lot about. <laughs> what the characters in video games are named after. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you hear a theory and it's like, okay, yeah, maybe maybe Coco is named after Coconut, but maybe just Coco is a name of things. Uh, it's really not obvious that there's a theme. And any one example from Kakariko Village of these Sheikah's names uh, sounds like a stretch 
But then when you get them all together, you're like, wow, they really are all fruit names that have been teased out way to the point of unrecognizability. Yep. Uh, and Zel- there, there's some other... Zelda's done some weird name stuff like this before. Uh, there's a bunch of mole people in Skyward Sword that are all mineral names. That's good. That's good stuff. You, you can never go wrong with a good theme like that, especially if you need to na- suddenly name 30 people in your game. I think... Gosh, we're going to have to check. I'm I'm willing to be totally wrong about this, and we can find out in 50 episodes that... Uh, people from Laurelin Village have, like, fishy names. I could believe that. I do not remember a single person from that village, so we will fill you, find out in 50 episodes. <laughs> and possibly, I think this is, like, debatable, but the uh, Zoras in this game have names that are derived from Solfege, Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, Let, Ti, Do. That's certainly the case with Mifa and Sidon. Yeah. I could, yeah. Uh, so we'll look into that too. When we go visit them in probably less than 50 episodes? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, okay, uh, Kala is Coco's sister. Uh, she's got a very simple quest where she just wants, in the afternoons, she wants to play. Uh, and you can choose to either play tag or play hide and seek. Uh, and then if you do one of those, she gives you a random gem and you get the quest, the quest completion. Uh, you can then later go back and play any of these games at any point you want, but you don't get quest credit for it or anything like that. Do you keep getting gems? So the first time I did it, I got a rock salt. And then the second time I got an opal or something like some, some kind of better gem. Uh, Mm. I didn't, I didn't do much past that. Uh, the do you te- think you could get keep going up to Topaz, up to Sapphire Diamond? Uh, probably not. It probably not for something so. I, I guess I don't actually you never know. know. I guess I don't actually know. But the thing is, playing tag is very easy because she's a little child and you are <laughs> a super buff man, uh, super fit, lean, ready to go, moblin killing machine. So you right. can run her pretty quick but the hide and seek she's extremely good at hide and seek and i'm really bad at hide and seek (laughs) it took me several tries to win in hide and seek she was finally hiding behind a tree the time i caught her so there you go uh there is does katla tell you any neat uh story backstory tragic past details not that i caught um okay. her thing the, the, that whole family there's coco uh katla and their father who's he's dorian right yeah dorian um yeah. we'll talk about dorian in a minute but uh in the mornings the three they they kind of run off and do their own thing and then around noon they all congregate and sit under a tree and talk to each other for a while and then in the afternoon they peel off and go do their own thing i see um and so I don't remember exactly. Mostly it's just Dorian talking to the child, children in the middle of the day. Okay. Uh, Kotla's kind of implied to be the younger sister that Coco's trying to take care of. They both look like, sure. you know, children, but that's repre- who knows what that's actually representative of. And also, Chica lived to be over 100 years old, so who knows what Chica age ranges are in. Oh. Who can say? Hmm. 
Uh, there's one more little side quest uh, about fireflies. Uh, Lasley in the village is this lady that hangs out. She works for the clothes shop, but she's just kind of a standing outside trying to get people to come in thing. And she is either too scared to go out at night or she was told it's not a good idea to go out at night. So I think she's told, what does she say in the book of problems? Uh, day in, day out, I'm barking outside people into the shop. I don't mind, really. It's good money. And busying myself helps to numb the pain. Excuse me? But the only thing that really helps me feel better is walking among the fireflies. Unfortunately... We've been asked to not walk around at night because it's dangerous. I don't know how I can cope without the fireflies. What is Lasley's pain, I wonder? She sounds like she's got some good poetry that maybe we'll read in the sequel. Uh, <laughs> but Lasley... Uh, okay, so you can visit her at night. Uh, at a really, like... I ended up having to look up when I was supposed to see her because it was very conf- no, 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 I didn't look her up. I looked up something else. But it was a kind of unintuitive. I kept trying to like, ex- uh, I kept expecting it to get issue me a quest during the day. But you have to wait till night and go to her house and she's kind of hanging out. And then she'll mention that she really wishes she had some fireflies. And so you can go just right outside. There's fireflies to gather. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have to bring them in and then just let them loose in her house. And she loves it. It's really good. She goes crazy. And the fireflies are beautiful in this game. Oh, totally. But so it's a it's an it's an amazing quest even though it's incredibly simple. Yep. Um Okay, and then there's one big quest at the end of this. That this is the one you have to have completed the firefly quest and I think the playing with Kotla quest to trigger uh the shrine quest called the stolen heirloom so in impa's house uh there's like an orb right uh one of the puzzle orbs that are like we talked about them before the things that solve puzzles when you put them in the correct receptacles totally and so maybe the first time through you didn't know that's what it was but if you went and did the one, if you went and did the shrine in Hateno Village, you'd be like, oh, that was one of the things from that shrine. This is clearly part of a puzzle. But right. in the town, in the game, Impa's like, no, that's our sacred relic. You can't have it. And Paya, Impa's granddaughter, is uh, in charge of taking care of it and like polishing it. Uh, and so... Paya, I don't. Did we talk about Paya last time we were here? No, we've uh, not gotten into Paya at all. Paya is Impa's granddaughter, uh, who is a very nervous person. I guess. How would you describe her? Um, there's probably there's a Japanese word for this character archetype of uh clumsy wilting violet type okay i don't know what the japanese word is but Uh i i you know i she falls into a stereotype that we all recognize and i think yeah and she's totally doing this instead of actually explaining how she is 
Well, she uh, totally has the hots for Link. That's true. That's important. Uh, and is just flabbergasted that this like guy showed up. That I get that she Ipa had told her eventually he will show up. Uh uh-huh. See, Paya has a uh, journal that you can go secretly read. Mm-hmm. And you get some backstory for her, and she mentions that, yeah, it's weird that this guy showed up that grandmother always said would, but, like, he's actually here. That's a real thing that happened. Uh, and so she's she's very intimidated by you, and that makes her awkward and I think we find out that she's also just generally clumsy, or maybe she's clumsy around you. Uh, but she has this. I still can't think of the words. That's okay. Anyway, we all know what kind of character Paya is. Um. So, anyways, that's the background of Paya. She's in charge of keeping track of this artifact, and so, uh, at some point after doing a bunch of these quests, uh, that artifact is stolen. And she is mm. super distraught. Um, you end up, uh, when you walk into this kind of little not cutscene, Impa will tell you to, like, hey, you need to hang out with uh, Pura the rest of the day, or Pura, Paya the rest of the day. Uh, keep her company to calm her down, uh, which sets the timer to be 7 p.m., which becomes kind of the start time of this quest that you're doing. Uh, yes. Which is to find out what happened to the uh, what happened to the heirloom. Um, that was the thing too, is that Paya kind of relates that she had been hearing voices from the heirloom, and oh. had figured or was like getting like premonitions from it, uh, implying that and, and she's like it got stolen right before she could give it to Link is what that comes down to. Uh-huh. And she's like, I think I was supposed to give this to you. I think you were supposed to have this, but now it got stolen and I screwed that up. And, you know, she's feeling all sad about it. So you go try and find out what happened to it. And you talk to the two guards uh, that were outside when this happened. Uh, Dorian and the other guy we talked about. Kato or whatever. Uh... And they say, well, the only people that came through other than us were Lasley and Melly. Uh, and so you go talk to Lasley, and she interprets you asking what she was doing last night as like a pickup line and gets mm. really mad. And so you're like, well, that's mm. that's a dead lead. Melly is one of a trio of characters we haven't really talked about who are some folks that have farms in Kakariko. There's a a carrot farmer, a, a pumpkin farmer, and then she's got a plum tree little plot of land with some plum trees on it. Oh, yes, yes. And there's kind of a weird rivalry thing going on there, and Melly's married to... I think Melly's married to the guy that has the carrot farm... And, and the carrot guy hates the pumpkin guy. And they hate each other, and then Melly hates carrots, supposedly. But then at night, you can follow Melly around very stealthily. Yes. Uh, which isn't too hard. It's not a big deal. It's it, it's not some... We're not playing Hitman here. It's a, <laughs> a pretty straightforward stealth sequence where you can follow Melly till she kind of gets 
to a little sequestered part of the little farm area and she starts chowing down on a carrot and you catch her in the act and then the big reveal there is secretly she loves eating carrots and that turns out to also be a false lead mm. uh i again there's there's a lot of weird little interactions going on between these people that is not entirely relevant but clearly someone on the writing team was really invested in this community well it's a lot like clock town isn't it maybe why not i'm thinking because it's hard to relate clock to i hmm. it's it's i i don't mean in any specifics i mean you have a town that is like self-contained mm. it has all these different characters who have you know they are like normal npcs but they have different relationships and secrets and as part of you know doing this quest this you know quest that capstones off the other quests in this town um you have to you don't necessarily have to solve the all the relationships but you end up seeing all these hidden sides of everyone yeah and um you know you come to appreciate all of these npcs as people instead of just you know uh lasley is just the gal who tells you to go into a shop like the most basic npc role of all just says hey go over here but then you find out that she has this firefly thing and all this stuff so um i and you know they have schedules too they you have to uh learn how they exist in time and space and eventually you're going to uh kind of you're going to get the big backstory at, behind all of this other stuff but that's so i think it's very much like clock town i think that this is that i i think that all these side quests are meant to fit together like this in the way that the uh anju and cafe uh storyline f- forces you to understand all of clock town mm-hmm. this is making you understand all of kakariko village in order to do this quest i don't think that this quite gets to the heights of that but it is definitely of the same vein for sure well i'll tell you how i think they're different i think that uh anju and cafe definitely is more involved and you know harder just because it has so many moving parts but what i like about this one that anju and cafe doesn't do as well is all of these people have more than one element in their lives Mm -hmm. like the guards guarding impa's house yeah have like backstories and problems right and everyone has multiple functions as you know uh plain old npc and totally. person with tragic backstory i think that this game improves on majora's mask in that way totally totally okay i do i do agree with you like that yeah these people having like it's it's not their function as an npc is not dictate their entirety of their life so yeah totally if we if we put it in the simplest possible terms these people have jobs but they also have families 
They've got lives. They've got yes, inner thoughts. Mm-hmm. They got mortgages. They have pain. They probably uh, have mortgages. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> we got to talk about. Speaking of capstone quest, we got to finish this quest off. So, yes, sure. Uh, so you go back to see the guards because neither of those leads paid off. Uh, and you'll notice that Dorian is sneaking off suspiciously. Yeah. And you follow him all the way up the hill into the forest uh, above town and to where there is a, like, very obvious, very, very obvious receptacle for the ball. Right. Uh, and there he starts shouting out at somebody who appears, and it's a Iga Clan Blade Master. And okay, at this point in your playthrough, have you you haven't even seen a Yiga guy yet, right? No, uh, NPCs in the town will talk about them, uh, but they okay. do not. Uh, but I have not seen one in the flesh yet. And so you haven't even seen one of the mooks you're seeing. <laughs> The big guy, the blade master, who's twice as tall as you. Exactly. He's huge. He's carrying a giant sword. Um, and him and Dorian kind of lay out the battle. You get a little bit of this more after the the fight. Uh, but you get the whole backstory between Dorian and the Ega which I have copied here from the wiki because it was easier than writing it all out. <laughs> sure. Why don't you lay it on us? Um, I'm going to paraphrase so that it's not me just copying this. Uh, so Dorian used to be part of the Ega clan, uh, but eventually he met his wife, and the two of them uh, came together and had their two daughters. Dorian, like became like a convert and was like i'm gonna stick it stick with the sheikah he wanted to leave the ego clan entirely but the ego clan caught up with him and killed his wife in retaliation and then kind of used his secret past as leverage to him to get him to kind of be an informant for the ego clan about all the goings-ons in kakariko and then including including him divulging that link was in town hmm he tried to uh dorian tried to like cut ties with the eagle clan entirely but the eagle clan then threatened to kill impa and paya and then that led them to the confrontation here so he the it it says here the yiga blade master is the one who stole the heirloom yeah to draw out dorian is how i took that i see and be like, hey, we gotta talk because this is not part of the deal. You gotta stay our informant, or we're gonna tell everybody, or kill everybody, or whatever. It's odd that they threatened to kill Impa. I would think that the Yiga would want to kill Impa regardless. It seems like they had the chance to if they snuck in to do that, but I don't know. Strange. Impa's also maybe anyway. like, Impa has like 40 hearts. We just don't know that yet. <laughs> she's been alive true. a long time she's probably insanely powerful so you fight the blade master uh i fought the blade master i had no yeah. problem definitely 
It's in these now, notes. That's definitely true. I definitely didn't get chumped out really fast. <laughs> so, but then you, with no problem at all, you beat the master. <laughs> you get the orb. And uh... you, instead of returning the orb, you put it in the receptacle to uh-huh. unlock a shrine. It's Lakna Roki Shrine. Uh, uh, which shrine is that? So, okay, the thing with this one is you walk in and it's one of the shrines where they say that by reaching this shrine, you've already shown that you uh, deserve yes. the prize. And so this is the first uh, shrine quest that I've completed in the game. Mm-hmm. And I try to remember, do all shrine quests end up this way or do shrine quests lead to... <sighs> It might be the fact that all shrine quests do this, where if there's a quest that you have to complete to get into a shrine, then the shrine itself is just a treasure room. I think that's the general trend, but I'm not sure it's a hard and fast rule. For some reason, I think there are exceptions. I could believe it. I literally just don't remember. Sure. Uh, so we will see. Uh, but this is uh, one you walk I remember, in and you get a reward. Yes. Oh, I was just I was moving on, but go ahead. Well, I remember, uh, especially right after the game came out, uh, people. One of the flaws they saw with this game was that uh, so many, or like an unacceptable number of the shrines, uh, were this this blessing or this reward where you just get a prize. There's always a treasure chest with a cool thing in it, and then you just finish the shrine, and people are saying. You know why? I I want content. Put another cool shrine in there. Let me do something. Don't just hand it to me. Well, that's all. I mean, that's all tied to the fact that people were really upset at first that there were no dungeons in the traditional sense, except for the divine beasts. Sure. Yeah. And so people were like, "Oh, it's just another hole in the ground." But it's like you got to realize the structure of the game is different. This is not a traditional thing. Mm-hmm. It's. And these rewards, although I we're not totally sure if it's, you know, uh, every shrine quest that works this way, but whenever you have a blessing shrine, it is preceded by, you know, like accessing it is basically the dungeon. Yeah, that it's, you there's, are. there's some kind of experience yeah. that you have to do before you can get the reward. So it's perfectly fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, after you do it, Paya is like, oh, cool, I wanted you to do that anyways, because my permission or whatever. <laughs> She's not mad that you don't bring the thing back. Well, how could she ever be mad at Link? How could she ever be mad at Link? He's such a cutie. He has those cute sideburns. Have you? Did you notice that she does, in her... She does uh, talk up his sideburns. She calls, like, they're... They're not really facial hair, though. They're, like, side bangs. Yeah, they Just come they come down. hair falling the, down yeah. to the side... I wouldn't call those sideburns. You can also embarrass Paya by talking to her, and she accidentally mentions that she has a birthmark. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, which is it fits into her archetype very well. Hmm. Uh, did you find out where her birthmark is? No. Because she well. gets very embarrassed when you ask. So mm. we'll leave that to the listener's imagination. No, don't. What? You can find out in the game. Oh, can you? What? I thought it was just like an implied jokey, like, ha 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 thing. I'm pretty sure it's just an yes. implied joke thing. Oh. 
No. Uh, if you say it in the right circumstances, uh, Impa will cut in and say, it's smack in the middle of her left butt cheek. Oh, jeez. Great. Thanks, Impa. So, this game does have a certain sauciness that the Zelda games have never had up I, to does this. that I don't know that that manifests anywhere else but we'll I guess we'll see this might no, be I think you're this might be the two examples of sauciness in Breath of the Wild or both in Kakariko Village but we'll find out yeah uh there's one more thing uh, I oh good oh yes no what what were you gonna say I just wanted to talk about the Sheikah as a whole because it's very interesting the progression that the Sheikah as a group have made Okay. Uh, they show up the first time as a concept in Ocarina of Time, where you have Impa, who was like previously like Zelda's caretaker, show up as this cool ninja woman. Right. She was always an old lady before that, right? Right. She shows up in the first two games as this old lady, uh, and then Ocarina of Time they change her into a cool ninja lady, um, and then they flesh out that Kakariko Village was originally like a Sheikah village that's kind of been settled by Hylians. There are no other Sheikah in Ocarina of Time besides Impa, right? Just Impa and Sheik when Zelda is... Oh, Sheik, of course, is uh, Sheikah. Which is obviously uh, a fake called... Sheikah. <laughs> well, yes. They're called the Sheikah clan yeah. in that game. And it's interesting that... They kind of waffle between being, you could believe clan is just like the that family, right? Uh, but then, you know, as we get to Breath of the Wild and at some point in between those two games, they go from being a vague clan of sorts to being like an ethnic group of itself. Yeah. So in between, you end up with a lot more, you end up with a lot of impas that show up. Um, Twilight Princess does some vaguely Sheikah stuff in that, like, there's a lot of you get you end up with a lot of Sheikah imagery that shows up throughout the games. There's a lot of uh Sheikah stones and uh gossip mm-hmm. stones and stuff like that. Uh, and then you get old Kakariko Village and Twilight Princess, where there's a Kakariko Village and Twilight Princess, but there's also this like abandoned like western town. Where there's a lady named Impaz, with a Z, cool. uh, who's kind of the last remaining person that lives there, and that's implied to be like Ocarina of Time's Kakariko Village. So, um, so, and the um, where am I going with this? So, all along, and, and the backstory that's kind of laid out is that they're the secret clan that helps the. The royalty of that Hyrule, protects right? the royal family. Yeah, protects the royal yeah. family. There's a lot of people who got a lot of good yarn to spend about the Shadow Temple being like, like secret, like Sheikah grounds and stuff. But they're never showed. They never show up as like a people until Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild kind of recontextualizes the Sheikah's role from being this secret shadowy assassin group that's kind of doing the the ill stuff behind the scenes that the 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 royal family doesn't want to get their hands on or whatever to being this ancient technologically savvy like group 
that existed 10,000 years ago and built robots, basically, right? Huge robots, all these shrines, this, like, <laughs> the underneath Hyrule in this game is riddled with training zones to be mini dungeons. Yeah. And also the divine beasts and also the guardians. And not to, I'm not trying to get into a timeline crazy tangent or anything like that. It's just interesting that you kind of ended up switching from, they still have their like weird ninja roots, but also they're given this really big technological spin Mm -hmm. that you can kind of prescribe as being from like a Skyward Sword origin. Skyward Sword has one Sheikah character again. It's just Impa again. Okay. The the notable things there is she also ends up living for like 10,000 years and she ends up taking on this old lady form with the cool hat that a lot of the uh, monks do in uh-huh, Breath of the uh-huh. Wild. And also that in uh, Skyward Sword, there's a whole thing about how there was an ancient civilization that had like robots and electricity and they've got their own like separate style of robot that is not represented in breath of the wild they've got these cool little ancient robot worker guys okay um but they're all kind of modeled after the same ancient japanese era oh yeah yeah they're they're all still kind of dogu looking sure so it kind of says that well maybe when they were making skyward sword they were already thinking about like hey maybe we should make the cool secret race actually be some cool super tech savvy race yeah, group. yeah. i think I, I you know you know what i'm trying to say clan <laughs> uh, that's where uh, i was going it's with odd that. it's it's kind of odd how uh zelda ever since i want to say wind waker has been kind of toying with introducing extra medieval technology and oh, totally, totally, totally. Wanting to update things or have this, you know, advanced ancient civilization somewhere so you, that you can include those elements, but then it has to stop short. But you were saying something, I think, on a previous episode about future Zelda where it's in space. Uh, I mean, I can see them going that route eventually. Well, I th- you were acting like it was a sure thing, Zach. Oh, maybe. I... Uh, <laughs> was I? <laughs> I believe. I think it. your exact words were, "There will definitely be Zelda in space." Yeah, sure. Well, the listeners can go back and see if I have your exact words. Uh, I stand by and, what I but... said a hundred percent. Instead of going back, let's you and I go into the future and ask. Uh, now that you've one hundred percented. Kakariko Village, where do you plan on going next? So I've got a bunch of different little things I want to do. I don't want to set off in any one major direction yet. Um, the plan, as far as the next time I lay hands in the game, is that I need to go back to Hyrule Field and get up to some no good. Uh, what does I need, that mean? I need to go... Well, I need... The game gave me a whole bunch of... Uh, breadcrumb quests for a bunch of cool dlc armor that i want to get my hands on and most of that is in the hyrule field area 
So I'm probably okay. going to start by going and getting the Hyrule Tower, the Hyrule Castle, t- the Hyrule Field Tower, so that okay. I actually have a map to work with. And then I'll probably Smart. start running around some ruins and trying to root out some tingle outfits and stuff like that. Uh, okay. Hey, I have one more thing to say about Sheikah before we move on. Breath of the Wild introduced this Yiga clan, this splinter group from the Sheikah. They're all like uh-huh. it's implied that they're all Sheikah people who turned against the Sheikah way, right? Yes. Um, that is going to be a thing in future Zelda games. They're going to bring that back. The Yiga, yeah, definitely, definitely. Zelda's very good about like keeping parts uh, that. They, they will invent parts throughout their games and kind of keep what works and discard what doesn't work. You know, yes. the, the Gorons have continued to show up in, like, a ton of Zelda games, whereas, like, the Zuna tribe that shows up on one screen in Four Swords Adventure does not show up. <laughs> because nobody cares about that. Unfortunately, that means we lose out on stuff like, good stuff like the Sabrosians, but, you know. Oh, uh, now you make me sad. Okay, so next time... <laughs> You're going to collect DLC items. Yeah, I'm going to get some cool mismatched DLC armor. Okay. Well, good luck with that. I'm going to need it. See you next week. Yeah.